Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. seated. I'd like to welcome our online audience in Jesus' name. Welcome to Lifehouse. I also want to give a shout out for Coachella Valley, uh, Lifehouse Coachella Valley, to Pastor George and Sister Narce, Lifehouse Delano, uh, Pastor Gabriel and and, uh, Sister Alicia, Lifehouse Wasco, Pastor Manuel, and Sister Maribel. I'm so grateful. Also part of our team is Pastor Andrew Perez. Some of you guys know him. Pastor Saul Martinez, which is going to be helping uh, with this. uh, Help us, Pastor this campus, along with the team, along with ministers, men and women that God has raised, pastors that help us with counseling, uh, Pastor Max, Pastor Pimienta's here on my on my right, your left. Uh, Kevin is uh, like with Keepers of the Cross, part of the ministries that God has brought uh, together. This church enjoys ministers and pastors that walk with us and that provide accountability that we walk together and moving forward this work, this this movement, if you will, if you will, to lead thousands of people to know God, grow together, go serve. How many say amen? amen. This church enjoys a school, a, a Christian Academy, Lifehouse Christian Academy. Uh, their directors, they are part of our church ministry as well. They're, they're here this morning. The reason I say this at the aperture of a new year is because you and I are a part of a church that believes or has a vision that God has called us for such a time as this. Could you say that with me? For such a time as this. That God has called us for such a time as this. And I believe that everyone here has a next level. I'll say that again. Not only are we in God's time, but that everyone has a next level, a next challenge that God wants to draw from you, capacities, anointing, giftings, a calling, felt needs, and that the local church that God has called the local church to, to be that, that uh, residence, Uh, for us to walk together, do life together, uh, get stronger together, get better together. And we will be uh, embracing that thought through this sermon series, new new growth, new opportunities. Uh, And I believe that with all my heart, that again, that we're living in such a time as this moment, that you and I have, everyone here has a next level that God wants to draw from you, that's already in you. And that everyone here, I pray, I pray, I pray, that everyone here believes in the supernatural that everyone here believes in miracles. How many say amen? Because if you open, your, if you're available, if you believe in the supernatural, you may just be the recipient of a miracle in your own life. And I pray that that miracle begins with you. How many say amen? I want to um, minister a message that God put in my heart that I've entitled starting over again, starting over again. It has to do with new, with the newness of the year And I want to share again that just because we are in a new calendar year, in and of itself, it doesn't have any magic. There's no nothing ultimately special unless you make it special. The fact that we are uh, in the in the birth, if you will, in the infant stages uh, of a new year. But it lends itself. It's very opportunistic. It's part of a framework that all of us can take advantage and say, hey, what better time to start uh, with new uh, resolutions that become revolutions? I want to say it again, not just a resolution that where you resolve, but where you embrace a revolution or a transformation. Because ultimately, unless you embrace a transformation, you and I can make uh, plans and you and I can have goals, but we're going to fall short because 
we have not embraced transformation or the spirit of a revolution where it says, I'm going to ask God to revolutionize my life, to turn it upside down, uh, to distill, to declutter, if you will. Those things, those habits that are, uh, that, that are pernicious, uh, that, that take away from God's plan, the habits, um, the, the behaviors, the mindsets. It's really a mindset uh, that, that are already patterns that are set in uh, that you and I have a problem, you would have a struggle to break away from, even though you know that, that those habits, those routines are, are not uh, conducive to growth. You and I know it, and yet we, are, we seem to be powerless. We try the willpower, and willpower is not enough. Only Holy Ghost power is going to help you break the chains, the fetters of the past, of routine, and of habits uh, that will, again, just take us to experience what we did in the past. And I'd like to, um, just as we embrace this, the spirit of this message, starting over, and it is exactly what it says again. And the reality is that in the, in the gospel, we find many, many folks that had to start over again from Adam and Eve to every patriarch. If you read the story of Abraham, Isaac, he had to dig hole again and again, wells again in the desert. Jacob had to start again, and at the end, Jacob limps his way through life. At the end, he's a different man. Uh, he had an encounter with, with Christ, uh, the, the Jesus incarnate, uh, and with that angel. And at the end, he walks, but he walks differently after he had a, a, an encounter that revolutionized his life, that changed his identity from Jacob to Israel. Uh, and yet the way you knew it wasn't just by his talk or by his rhetoric. It was by his walk that you knew that he had an encounter with God. It was that he walked differently. Uh, he no longer ran and he no longer was pursuing things that were in keeping with his own ambitions. At the end, he worked on relationships, on relationships and healing those relationships. So every year we hope things are different. As the calendar turns to January, we're filled with hope that, that, is, that this year is going to be different, that these things, that things are going to be better. Uh, better is, of course, subjective and in comparison to something uh, and in this case, better than last year, we're hoping. Um, but Philippians up there, help me, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Brethren, uh, this is Paul speaking, I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have obtained it, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. I reach forth unto those things that are in front of me. I press toward the mark uh, for the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus, uh, of, that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you are pursuing anything other than Jesus and his calling, uh, it doesn't matter. I want to say that again, that those other uh, subsequent, uh, secondary, tertiary goals that are important, family, relationships, uh, being healthy, losing weight, uh, expanding your, your business, growing uh, your enterprises, all of those are fitting and they have their place. Nothing can be more important than pursuing Christ Jesus, than your pursuit of the calling, the high calling that is in Christ Jesus the, the reason you were born, the reason you're on earth, the reason you are here today is because there's a calling. And when things get in the way of that calling, of God's purpose for your life, your giftings, your talent, your grace, your favor, uh, all of us have been given a measure of faith. And when things get in the way, even uh, relationships, that we idle more than your relationship with God. Things, stuff, pursuit, uh, uh, prosperity, whatever it is, uh, you and I are going to stumble and you, you, we are going to taste the agony of defeat over and over and over. 
I plan to speak on Peter and his uh, stumblings that were because due in part uh, because of his intrepid nature. He was very intrepid, but he's also passive aggressive. Some of us passive aggressive that there's, there's this passivity, but that in a moment you become very aggressive. He was obsessive compulsive. Uh, part of Peter's uh, obsessiveness was that in the moment he would forget himself. Uh, whether it was in the Mount of Transformation, he forgot himself. There was Christ Jesus. Uh, there is Moses, none other than Elijah. Or, uh, just the, the moment should have been greater than him. He should have been in raw and just awe and reverence, but not Peter. He's thinking, how do I build uh, a canopy? How do I build tabernacles? He's talking while God is talking at the same time. Talk about obsessive compulsive. Talk about being a passive aggressive. And uh, uh, I love people that, oh, never mind. I was going to talk bad about some of you guys, but I'm, I'm going to hold back. Um, uh, what I want to tell you is that God is interested in making us, uh, God is not interested, up there help me, God is not interested in making us different and or making us better. God is interested in making us new. He's interested in making you brand new, a brand new creation. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, uh, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the old creation, the old creature, uh, um, and then the new, the new person is here. And this, this renewed, this newness is not just one and done. This is a renewal. This is a newness that comes as you are in walk, or as you walk with Christ Jesus in a covenant relationship. This renewal, every morning, not only are his, are his mercies new, every morning the Bible says, but the relationship with God is fresh. So his mercies are new means that God forgot yesterday. Uh, what you did, what you did wrong, your sins, your offenses, that means that God, like a good teacher, for those of us that, that grew up teaching, uh, I would remind myself that every student got a brand new start every day, no matter how uh, bad they behave or how badly they behave. The day before, uh, they got a fresh start. How many say amen? That is what God does. Every morning, there's a renewal of mercies, of blessings, of opportunities. And of course, every new year um, comes with the same opportunities because no amount of changes or new year resolutions uh, we make are going to bring about the results that compare to actively, actively pursuing Jesus, uh, seeking his kingdom first and his righteousness so that everything else will come naturally, organically. Uh, that if you pursue personal growth, personal transformation, personal renewal, if you spend time in the presence of Christ Jesus, identifying that high calling, how do I know, pastor, what he's called me to do? What are your gifts? What are your talents? Where is your passion? What is it that God has given you? What are the tools that he's given you in your hand? Uh, what do you like to do? What do you like to pursue? Uh, that is very much in keeping with, with his high calling that sooner or later, he's going to redirect it, if not already, to serve the kingdom of God, to serve the local church, to get connected, to sign up for next steps to, so that you can connect or identify with the mission and the vision of this church so that if this aligns with your heart, with your mission and your vision, you can say, I'm in. I'm going to bring my talents, my tools, my resources, uh, my gifts, uh, my offerings, my giving, my service uh, to uh, support, to buttress, if you will, the kingdom of God first, the kingdom of God first, and his righteousness, so that your life and my life can count for eternity. How many say amen? And for those online, for those of you online, I mean it. Uh, for those of you online, uh, this so, so this year you guys can choose, all of us can choose. 
to consistently draw near to God. Because he invites us, if you draw close, if you draw near, I will draw near. So it's reciprocal. God says, come, ben pakwa. That's uh, Hebrew for a lot of you, ben pakwa. Uh, and then and God says, and I will draw near. You step my way and I will get closer to you. How many say amen? Through his word, through worship uh, on every Sunday, through walking closer to God, through scripture and community, scripture and community, that means life groups, uh, God will continue to do a new thing, a new thing. I will reiterate the verse that we used last week, Isaiah 43, 1. Uh, forget the former things. Up there, help me. Forget the former things and do not dwell in the past. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. He's asking us for us to see, for you to gaze, for you to open up the eyes of your spirit, of your imagination, that he is doing a new thing. But he says, Pastor, right now my life is so messed up. I want you to see what God is doing, that God can use your disaster, your disaster, your mess, uh, to bring you about full circle and to be able to see what God is doing, that what, everything you've done in your own efforts and your own strength and your own mind and your own intelligence has pr uh, proven a failure, uh, uh, non-plus, uh, incapable of, of producing and yielding the results that you've prayed for or thought for because God cannot give any man the glory for what he wants to do. See, I am doing a new thing. And I pray that all of us have that ability to discern what is it that God is doing. A lot of times, the new thing uh, is emblematic uh, from the, uh, and it comes out forth from our messes, from our brokenness, from the old thing, from the past. Uh, that's why he says, don't, for, don't let go of the past. Uh, forget the former things. Do not dwell. Uh, it's whatever I'm doing, it's new, and it's bringing forth right now. Do you not perceive it? He asked the question, can you perceive it? Um, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the waste, wasteland. My, my phrase lately, even with our team and in our conversations is, can we see it? Because if we can see it and sense it, we can seize it. I'll say that again. Can you see something? Can you sense what God is doing? Because if you can, you can seize it. And if you can seize it, you can shape it. And if you can shape it, you can later on, you can share it with others. Um, but you cannot seize what you don't seize. All right, what you don't seize. Okay, never mind. It's not good vernacular, but I like it. Uh, and uh, so there's a Bible story about somebody who enjoyed unique and unprecedented privileges of knowing and walking with Jesus personally here on earth for over three years. In doing so, he no doubt heard the most powerful messages. So what I want to tell you is that even the most powerful messages uh, will, not, will not keep you from stumbling. Listen, most powerful, even the most powerful messages will not keep you from falling, from tripping. Uh, he heard the most powerful teachings, the most powerful uh, parables, and no doubt witnessed some of the most awesome, awe-inspiring, wonder-filled miracles ever performed on the face of the earth. Some of which he, this person I'm going to talk about, I already gave you a hint, he had exclusive front seat, uh, and moreover, uh, uh, to some, uh, some of those mind-bending miracles. He had a, a front seat to mind-bending miracles, some of which he himself took active part and yet, and yet, and yet he, Peter, like all of us, experienced failure to different degrees. That's right. He personally prompted Peter, promoted and participated in some of his own failures and shortcomings, uh, some of which were on a grand scale, like, like really, really big failures. Uh, Simon Peter, the delinquent. Simon Peter, the denier, attempted to persuade Jesus not to go to the cross. And Jesus himself 
after Jesus had confessed that Jesus himself is the son of the only begotten son of God. And Peter, Jesus says, Simon Peter, that's what he calls him, Peter, uh, from Simon to Peter. Uh, upon this revelation, this truth, I'm going to build my church. Um, uh, flesh and blood did not, rev- did not reveal to you uh, this, uh, this, this uh, revelation, if you will, that I am the only begotten son of God, which is one of the greatest truths in all of scripture. I am the only begotten son of God. Uh, and, and I want you to, to just embrace this moment. So not just a few minutes later, Jesus begins to tell all the disciples that it was necessary for him to suffer. And by the way, Jesus is not the only one that is necessary for suffering. Suffering makes all of us more like Christ Jesus. So nobody should think that being a Christian, that, that embracing the cross, embracing Christianity, is somehow going to alleviate or eliminate suffering. Uh, on the contrary, it's only going to uh, make you capable. It's only going to capacitate you. It's going to empower you. It's going to make you more sanguined, more alignment, so that you too can suffer the way Jesus suffered and, and come out of it with a, being a better person. Uh, some of us want Christianity so that we don't suffer, so that we prosper all the time. So Jesus says to him, get thee behind me. From that time, Jesus, there's a scripture, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 16 that Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. And on the third day, he would, raise, he would be raised to life. Verse 22, uh, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him and said, Never, Lord, uh, this shall never happen to you. I'm not going to let it happen. And then up there, if you help me, Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, um, uh, Get behind me. Satan, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. I want you to see this, that what is it in what area that you are opposite of what God is trying to do? That you are contradicting God's word, God's plan for your life. In what area have you allowed yourself and your thinking and or your, your, acti- your activities, your attitudes or your actions to become a stumbling block to God's plan for your life? You are a stumbling block to me. Uh, After praising him and saying, hey, and here he is. Here's the dichotomy. Here's Peter, passive aggressive, uh, impulsive, compulsive Peter right there. uh, Just just couldn't couldn't make up his mind uh, how to let God be God. And he says, you uh, do not have the mind. You do not, you're not thinking. You're not aligned with the, the thoughts or the concerns of God. But you are merely concerned about yourself. You have human concerns and your your mind and your concerns, your alignment is not with the things of heaven. Then in the same verses, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, uh, whoever truly wants newness of life must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save up there, thank you. For whoever wants to save your life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, for my sake, will find it. Or what good will it do or would it be? What good will it be uh, for someone to gain the whole world? Congratulations. You fulfilled your objectives, your resolutions, your goals. You, you've got it made. But you lose your soul. You forfeit your relationships. You forfeit that which has the greater price, the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. How many say amen? Peter would go on to tell Jesus that even if the other disciples would abandon him, he would never, that he would die with him if need be. So Jesus retorted to Peter, 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 Simon, Simon, before the rooster crows, 
this day, this day, you will have denied me how many times all of us have done that over and over and over. And it's hard to start over, by the way, again and again and again. It's not starting over. Anyone can start over, but it's having to start over again after another failure. So this denial of Peter's denial, the betrayer, the, this betrayer of sorts, betrayal of sorts, would lead Peter to weep bitterly and relinquish any claim to the calling of God in his life for some time. In fact, it would require him to summon Peter everything he had, uh, his greatest form of will and wit and wisdom and wherewithal and wickedness and the courage to dust himself off and pick himself up and allow Christ Jesus to restore him and make a fresh, a fresh and a meaningful, not just, just like a new start, no, a meaningful, an eternal, an eternally driven new start that, that came from heaven uh, in terms of the purpose that God had for Peter and for your life. I'm not talking about fresh start just to start fresh. I'm talking about a meaningful start. I'm talking about you really erasing the things that have brought you down, that have dogged you for years, and having the, the, the power of God to deliver yourself from yourself and from your past and from your habits. How many say amen? Uh, in chapter 21, if you have your copy of the Bible, if not, it'll be on the screen, chapter 21. Uh, the Gospel of John says this, uh, and this is what I want to, he says that afterward, Jesus appeared again. Uh, thank you. Jesus appeared again. And the word again means that it was in the same lake. Uh, it was in the same place, the same scenario where Jesus appeared to, to Peter and the disciples. John and James were there. Uh, Andrew was there as well. Uh, Peter, um, and, and he appeared for them the first time when Peter, he asked Peter if he could borrow his boat and then to move a little bit, just, just to depart a, a little bit from the shore. And then he asked Peter to move into the, to the deep of the waters and then to cast his net. This is the reference to again. This is actually the third time. If you read the rest of this chapter, this is the third time after Jesus has, had been raised from the dead. After his resurrection, this is the third time that he appeared to his disciples. Uh, John makes reference that this was uh, the third time. Um, that, and it happened this way. He appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. It was Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, uh, James and John, that's five, and two other disciples, seven. It's interesting that he doesn't mention Andrew. I think Andrew was always the more sanguine, the more mature uh, of the disciples. If you read uh, just, just some of the characteristics of Andrew, he was, he was the opposite of Peter. Peter was impulsive-compulsive. Uh, he was obsessive-compulsive. Peter was passive-aggressive. Uh, you see um, Andrew, his older brother, uh, just being a whole lot more different. That means that that in spite, whatever your personality is, God can deal with you. Whatever your troubles are, psychological, and some of you guys like, like have a lot of issues. There is a study then. This study is true that, that one out of every four people have mental or psychological problems. One out of every four. And this study, the guy goes to say, if you can think of your three or your four closest friends and they're normal, you're the one with the problems. Thank you. So... Um, Verse 3, Peter says, I'm going to fish. I'm going out to fish. I'm going fishing. Simon, Peter told them, and he said to them, and they said, look at the power of influence. They said, we'll go with you. So who is it that God has put around your sphere of influence? Who is it that's within your gravitational pool? Mom, dad, grandfather, grandma, uh, young man, young lady, husband, wife. Who is it 
that is within your gravitational pull that it, when you go offline, when you go off, uh, red, off the reservation, they go with you. They, they got no other choice. You are the lead. And when you lead, uh, uh, you know, when you lead wrongly, when you lead in the wrong dis, uh, direction for the wrong reasons, uh, they'll follow. So Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got on a boat. But that night, they caught what? They caught nothing. It's fruitless when you're trying to do something without God's blessing or approval. Uh, and early that morning, Jesus stood on the shore, and the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. I want to just real quickly um, talk about starting over and what does it look like. Um, and just remind you up there, if you help me, that starting over is easy. But starting over again and again and again is hard and heartbreaking. So I want to say that again. Starting over, anyone can start a book. Can you finish the book? Anyone can start a series. Can you finish the series? Anyone can go to college. Can you finish college? Uh, anyone can start a church or a, a, a process, a go to next steps. But can you end up with it being fruit, uh, uh, fruitful? Is there fruition? Is there, is there because, because what happens in the, in the meantime is that when we stumble, when we go back to our habits and our hurts and our, our basically our hurdles, and, and, and uh, when we go back, uh, we, we tend to, to struggle, and that's where we park ourselves. Uh, old um, relationships or old hurts come back, and, and the reminder that we are a failure so I'm going to say it again, that starting over, it's easy, but starting over again and again and again is hard and heartbreaking because it often comes at the heels of repeated difficult, uh, repeatedly difficult, discouraging, disappointing, and debilitating failures that are embedded uh, with the remorse um, of moral failures, especially if you've experienced moral failures like brokenness and, or adultery or infidelity or you struggle with an addiction, a fixation, an obsession with moral failures, um, which tend to remind us and bring us to the painful and sometimes shameful admission that like Peter, just like Peter, we too overpromise, we overpromise, and we underdeliver all too often in our lives. Peter was a great person to promise. He had promised Jesus, even if others fail, even if others leave you, even if others abandon you, not me. And yet the bigger your promises are without the compunction, without the uh, the, the uh, the foundation, without the foundation, uh, that's, that'll be the biggest or the bigger way, uh, the biggest way that you and I will failure, that will fail. Why? Because it's far easier to ignore my personal, family, spiritual, relational, uh, relational faults and failures. It's easier to ignore them than to confront them, than to face them and repair them. Starting afresh and anew is not easy because it, it is much easier for us to rationalize our mistakes rationalize. Somebody did you wrong. When you were growing up, I, I, over and over and over, somebody struggles, they shipwreck in life, and, and we all have a story. We've got somebody in our past, uh, a parenting, a problem, a hurt, a pain, an abuse. That becomes our crutch for why we struggle today, because it's easier to rationalize our mistakes and our sins and our failures than to ju and, and justify them or, or justify our shortcomings than to rectify them and, and hold yourself accountable and own it. It's easier to engage in the I'm going fishing syndrome than to under, undertake the steps necessary courageously to confront and honestly confess uh, the problem, the sin, 
the root causes and earnestly look for solutions. Uh, many of us are, have the uh, ostrich, if you will, in the head uh, or ostrich in the sand syndrome uh, where we would rather dig ourselves in the sand and not care and not want to look for the real reasons or real solutions. It's easier, it's easier to cavalierly be indifferent uh, than to identify root causes and the reasons that have led us astray to experience painful and disillusioning uh, uh, situations. It's easier to class, class blame, point out guilty parties in your life, or look for scapegoats than to admit your own guilt, complacently, complacency, complicity in sowing uh, and reaping the seeds of your own demise and your own premature destructions. I've said all of that because we are creatures of habits, all of us. And those habits will make us or break us. So all of us are creatures of behavioral, uh, uh, re, 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 uh, behavior that repeats itself over and over. Like most of us have the same routine when we wake up. And sometimes it's not a good one. It's not a positive one. Um, I wake up and just naturally, my first thought is on God. Um, I, I, I have verses in my mind that are mostly in Spanish, uh, but they, I, I just worship God with scripture. Like I just go, Father, your mercies are new every morning. Every morning. Thank you for renewed mercies. And I just, just begin, thank you, Father. For you just, I begin to worship him. I just, that's my first thought. I usually wake up, I go to a living room that we have in our house. And, and already I have just time, I bend a knee. And I just begin to worship and praise God. This morning I was praying for everybody that is here. This morning, early, maybe 5 o'clock, 5.15 in the morning. I was just praying for everyone here, asking God for a breakthrough, asking the Holy Spirit to, to do something in your heart and in your life so that what, nobody would leave here the same, so that we would have the compunction, the, the courage, if you will, to shift, to change something. Um, up there, Abe, if you don't mind, they begin to get ready, my, the, the ones that I asked you that were for, uh, because I'm going to ask everybody to engage in fasting or engage in, in, in change behaviors. Um, but we are all creatures of habits, and they will make you or break you. You and I are either victims of highly deceitful, dastardly, deadly, and destructive habits, or you and I could be the benefactors of constructive, beneficial, developmental, life-giving habits. We get to choose. You get to choose what you do first thing in life, first thing in the morning. Um, who are you? The habit of forgiving immediately. The habit of forgiving people immediately and not carrying remorse uh, or enduring pain and enduring private secret uh, pain because you've been hurt and, 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 and you have not learned how to, how to have conversations. You're not the only one that's been hurt or betrayed. Join everybody here. But you might be one of the few that carry it deeply because you have not learned or you're not willing to, to go the extra mile to walk the steps that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary and looked at who crucified him. That was you, 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 and me. And Jesus said to the Father, forgive them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. They know not what they do. And, and I know people have maybe offended you deeply. Maybe betrayed you. But I guarantee you that in this walk, in this walk with Christ, very few of us were going to stand justified to, to tell God the Father, to, help, to tell Jesus, one day I couldn't forgive them. Just, you know, because I was justified in my anger or I was justified in my pain. Um... I've got all kinds of stuff here that's just so root causes up there just real quickly before we go to that okay what's that okay you're here already 
And then we'll go back to the root causes here. I'd like to invite all of you, everyone here, that, that at the, you know, Craig Rochelle, this, this is a very simple teaching, but very profound. Craig Rochelle, that everyone, every believer at the first of the year, the first of the year should seek to fast, to spend time with God, to, to seek God, to seek God and through fasting and through pursuit, a personal pursuit of uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God kind of pursuit. Seek God uh, through fasting. That's not just abstinence. It's making room. Listen to me, just everybody. It's not about not eating certain foods. It's about telling your spirit who's in charge. I'll say that again. It's not about just, it's abstinence. But it's not more than just abstinence. It's not just being punitive. This is not about, hey, we're going to, you know, no, this is not about torture. Fasting is not torture. It needs to be volunteer. But you need, this. your spirit needs to tell your body what's wrong with it. And your body craves things. Sugar, for example. So, so if anybody here wanted to like really change your life, uh, a fast from sugar, 21 days, and you'll transform your life. Like you, you'll get withdrawals the first four or five, seven days. You'll beat everybody around you, even the dog. You'll wake up in the middle of the night wanting something sugar uh, or etc. So, so fast, what are you going to fast? Not just from, but what are you going to seek while you're fasting? What are you going to replace that ha- bad habit? What are you going to be doing so that you don't leave gaps? So, so fasting is really not just abstentia or abstaining, but it's really leaving room for God for you to do other things that are much more constructive. How many say amen? So the first of the year, everyone should engage in fasting, some type of seeking God by abstaining from things. Social media, uh, my wife started the day, the first day of January. So she's not doing social media for the whole month and maybe for the whole year. And I hope she doesn't go into the social media um, uh, platforms like Target and Amazon. I pray that God delivers my wife from those like demonic uh, uh, sites. They're demonic people, Amazon and all that. God help us. There's like a new box every morning. Like what in the world is going on in this house? Who's in charge? The first of the month, everyone should give and, and be ready to serve. So you should bring your, your tithes, your offerings, your service uh, every first of the month. The first of the week, everyone should come to the house of God. It should be something you expect yourself to do, that you train your, your children to do, that, that it is part of your developmental, it's part of your framework for moving forward, for, for being constructive, for allowing God to be God in your life. The first of the year, you fast. The first of the month, you bring your tithes, your giving, depending on when. Uh, Paul says the first of the week for some of us that, that earn something every seven days, every 15 days, uh, every 30 days. And I say this unabashedly I, without asking anyone for, for forgiveness. Giving is part of living for God. Giving is part of living for God. It's showing where your, your loyalty truly lies, that, that he's the giver of all things. By the way, he owns everything already. And you should already be a generous giver. Uh, the first of the week, you come to worship to the house of, the, of God. And then the, um, the first day, you should pray and read. You should pray and read. Um, up here, it's okay. The first day, like that should be the first thing that everybody does is, is connect with God through prayer and reading scripture. Um, so the next uh, slide up there, if you help me. Uh, so I'm going to ask everybody here, hopefully receive a bookmarker when you came in. It talks about our 21 days of pursuit, 21 days of pursuing God's kingdom, uh, 21 days of pursuing purpose through prayer, through fasting. And then just some of the things up here, just Lifehouse 21 days of pursuit. 
um, you know, spiritually. So start with your spirit. There's, there's right here where goals, you can put goals that are spiritual goals. We ask everyone to engage in a 10-10 plan. Maybe it's 15-15, 20-20, or 30-30. What does that mean, Pastor, 10-10 plan? Is that the first 10 minutes for the uninitiated, for those of us that are starting, you have not done this routinely. You spend your first 10 minutes uh, in prayer or reading scripture of the morning. And the first thing you do, and then your last 10 minutes of the day, you spend it again, uh, just kind of decompressing uh, with God, being in God's presence, alone, quiet time, you in scripture, you in God, uh, just putting everything in order, thanking God for the day, 10-10. For those of us that have been in Christians for a while, 15-15, I tend to practice a 30-30 or a 40-40 just naturally. It's, it's my lifestyle. It's what I do. It's not hard. It's, it's, it's part of my routine. I get up in the morning and the first thing in my mind is God. Um, I pray for a lot of people that come to my mind, uh, family members, siblings, uh, friends, people that I know are going through a crisis. There's a friend today that is here. And I told him, he's the first person I thought after I, I talked to God, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday. He's the first person I began to pray for that person and his family just because it was the, the, the thing that God put in my mind, in my heart. And I pray for this service for everyone here. Um, I'd like for, the, so the 1010, you read the word of God, you pray daily, you worship, you memorize scripture if you're able. Uh, engage in the Daniel fast. It basically is abstaining from meats and everything that's greasy and sugary. And embrace some uh, eating salads and, and soups that contain no meat and water. Just, just that's the Daniel fast uh, to make it long and short. Uh, your mind. And so what are you going to do for growth? I'd love for you to pursue mental calisthenics, mental calisthenics. Uh, read a book. Uh, engage in, 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 in uh, soul building. You, you hear podcasts of speakers, of preachers, uh, teachers. Uh, spend time to prioritize and organize. Maybe right here, this is, might be the most powerful thing you do. Is spend time to pray about reprioritizing and reorganizing your life accordingly. Uh, perhaps nothing more spiritual, more transformational than to reorganize. How many say amen? Um, number three is your body. You know, limit the, you know, again, back to fasting, exercising, resting, increasing your good nutrition, vitamins, uh, uh, you know, some foods that are going to do your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, some of us are sick and it has nothing to do with, with, with uh, an illness other than bad diet and no exercise. What would happen if you would diet correctly and you would, I was going to say, you get, uh, you, no. I was going to say you get your lazy life moving again, but I didn't. Right? I kept myself from saying something bad. You lazy. But I, 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 I'm, and then church, um, you know, get to know God's family. If you haven't. Uh, registered for next steps would you it's very easy you can go online at the end of the day and said pastor what are next steps it's it's three main uh objectives of this church we want you to know our mission or our vision we want to get to know you that's the second part we want to get to know you your gifts your calling your talents and the third step is is we want you to find an area where you can serve we want to have you engage an onboarding process in in our life groups process and growing together uh, would you bow your heads with me? Would you bow your heads with me? I, I want to be very discerning with the time. Um, so Peter, what, what happened with Peter? Just as you bow your heads. Ultimately, he had to make a full comeback. So he goes fishing, and while he's fishing with the, his other disciples, Jesus shows up at the shore again. 
Jesus says, my little children, are you hungry? <laughs> they did not, their eyes were, were veiled, the Bible says. They did not, they could not see Jesus, even though Jesus was right in front of them. Kind of like the two travelers to, uh, to Emmanuel, to Emmaus, to Emmaus. The two, the, the two uh, disciples that were on their way um, to a village named Emmaus. They could not see Jesus. And I'm wondering if some of us are blinded by, by the circumstances or by the grief in your heart that you're not able to see Jesus. And so Jesus says, cast your net to the right. And they catch. I'm wondering if somebody remembers how many fish they caught. 153. 153 fish. And while they're dragging it, uh, Jesus already had uh, coals. He already had a fire. And he already had a fish on, that, on those coals. It's just so powerful that Jesus becomes the host. That Jesus begins this process of renewing and uh, starting fresh with, with Peter again. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And he says to him, follow me follow me. Father, I pray today, I just sense your presence. I sense that that you have um, you're speaking to our hearts in a way that's unique. Every one of us individually, separately, uniquely um, and I pray, I pray transformationally speaking. I pray that everyone here would be able to align our thoughts with yours, our heart with your heart. Our priorities, if we would just go back and, and reset priorities and keeping with kingdom first. Kingdom first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other goals, all these other prayer adventures, all these other um, dreams that you have are going to happen organically. They will come to fruition as a result of us being kingdom minded. Seek ye first. Look for the kingdom of God first. And all these other things will be added unto you naturally, organically, as a way of just unfolding. Then I pray that each and every one of us can just reorganize for the next 21 days, decide that we're in, in one way or fashion. That, that some of us can do the Daniel fast, some of us can do three-day fasting, which I plan to do a three-day fasting from Monday through Wednesday, every day, plus plus the Daniel fast. I just, I'm going to follow my wife's um, culinary. But I'd like for everyone here to just say, I'm in, I'm in. As uh, your heads are bowed, if there were anybody here today, anybody here today say, Pastor, I need to start fresh. I need to start over um, either through salvation or um, you want to basically um, just just come back to God. If that's you, would you lift up your hand? Because I want to pray for you from this pulpit. Up there, man, I see your hands. I see your hands right here and everywhere. God bless you. You just want to start fresh. You know, maybe you've slipped. Maybe you fell. Maybe you followed. One of the points is that is that Peter fell because he followed Jesus at a, long, at, at a, at a far off. That was my next point, that Peter followed Jesus. That, that the root causes for his failure was that he followed Jesus he gave himself the luxury of, of following Christ at a distance, at a distance. That moment, when the moment of truth came, he didn't have the courage. He didn't have the, the grace. He didn't have the power 
because of the distance between he and Christ Jesus. And so he allowed himself to be intimidated. He cursed and he denied Christ. I saw many hands of people that want to recommit your life or commit yourself to Christ or say to God, I'm here. I'm going to ask this whole church to say this prayer with me. Would you say this prayer with me? Everyone, would you repeat this prayer? Lord Jesus, I'm available here and now to start fresh all over again. Help me by your grace, by faith, to stand up and be available and be faithful. Available and faithful and say yes to your calling for my life. Forgive me of my sins and my past. Give me fresh strength, wisdom, and the courage to make things right. To the glory of God, through Christ we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at LifeHouseChurch.com. That's LifeHouseChurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.